Okay, guys, once again, we are sponsored uh, this morning and uh, dedicating the sheer memory of Chaya Sarah Bat Shmuel and Matal Rivka. We are continuing on Daf Yud Aleph Amad Aleph at the top of the page on the third line. Um, okay, what is it we're going to do today? Is it's uh, more of those like uh, the rabbis who sort of introduced the parsha with certain sukim. Then we'll see um, like, you know, Patachla Pitzchala Haiparshta. And then we'll see a few more introductions from other psukim, and then we'll actually get into the nitty gritty of the actual um, Agadata on the Haggadah itself, on the Haggadah, on the Megillah itself. Okay, uh, third line. Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa Patach La Pitzach La Hai Parsha Da Hai Parsha Da Mehacha. He introduced the Parsha as follows. Here, Kavta and Noshla Roshenu. You rode a man on our head. Banu Baishu Vamayim. We came into fire and water. What does that mean? Made Nebuchadnezzar Harasha. In fire in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. Ubamayim Bimei Paro. Okay, Mayim in the water in the days of Paro. I think that's pretty straightforward. Vatotzienu Lervaya, and you brought us out for uh, like abundance. Bimei Haman. Okay, you saved us in the times of Haman. Rabbi Yochanan Patach Lapitra Habar Zamihacha. He used the following Pasuk and Tehillim. Zachar Chastovim Matola Beit Israel Rau Kolok Seari Etishad Lokenu. That's a familiar Pasuk, right? Uh, he remembered uh, his mercy and his faithfulness to the children of Israel. Uh, all the uh, ends of the earth saw the salvation of God. Ematai Rau Kolok Seari Etishad Lokenu. Bimei Mordechai Esther. That was the time of Mordechai and Esther, presumably because they sent out the letters around the whole world and said basically like, hey, we were saved. Uh, so a lion uh, roars and a bear, um, what's shokek again? Some of, these, some of these words I'm not so familiar with. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Whoops, I'm going to, uh, hold on, I'll look it up. I have it here somewhere. Uh, don't I? Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, a ravenous bear, sorry, a ravenous bear. Okay. So, Moshe Rashal Amdal, an evil person, uh, rules over a poor nation. Ari Nohem. The roaring lion, Zedebuchanetzer Harasha Dichtiv Bey, it says about Nebuchadnezzar, Allah Aryeh Misovcho, that the lion rose out of its thicket. Dov Shokeik, the ravenous bear, Zeachash Verosh, Dichtiv, it says Bey, it says about him in Daniel, Ve'aro Chayoa Acharai, there was a uh, wild beast afterwards. Tanyana, a second one, Damya Ladov, which is similar to a bear. I guess that's a reference to Achash Verosh. Okay, Betani Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef taught Elu Parsiim. This refers to Persians. The bears like Persians. Sheochlin v'shotin kedov, because they eat and drink like a bear. Umusur belin basar kedov, and they have like lots of flesh like a bear. Umigadlin seyar kedov, and they have hair like a bear. All right, so some stereotypes about Persians. Ve'emahem enuchak kedov, and they have no rest like a bear. Okay, anyhow, Moshe. So that's the book on Nesan Achashverosh. Moshe Rasha. The Rasha is a ruling Zehaman, that's Haman, Al Amdal, on the poor nation, Elo Yisrael, Shehim Dalin, Min Mitzminam Misvot. So here's a little bit of a, of a knock on Bene Israel, that Bene Israel were poor from Mitzvot, and maybe that's why we had to suffer this, uh, this experience. Okay, so that's a theme that will come up as well uh, in the analysis of the, of the Megillah. Rabbi Lazar, Pazach Lapitra, 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 he introduced as follows. It says, Ba'at Saltayim Yimach Hamikare. Uh, I think it means with the laziness, the, uh, right, is that right? Uh, yeah, the laziness, the, um, the mikareh, the, the rafters or the ceiling, will yimach, will be, uh, will sink in. Ubishiflut yadayim yidlof habayit. 
and with the idleness of hands, the house will leak. Because of the laziness of the, Jew, of the Israelites, that they did not involve themselves in Torah. Now, this is a good example of what we call Lashon Sagi Nahor, which means uh, opposite talk, right? That the hater of Israel, I'm saying the hater of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which means Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that Hashem Himself became Mach, became uh, poor, so to speak. Ve'in mach ela ani, and mach simply means poor. Shnamar v'machu me'arkachaz. The pasuk says, if a person is poor from the valuation, they're not able to. Um, this is vayikra. At the end of vayikra, we talk about trying to give a uh, valuation to each person. You want to give the uh, donation to the Beit Hamikdash. Anyhow, ve'in nekara ela kadosh baruch in the one who is uh, like the like the rafters of the ceiling is Hashem. Shnamar hamikara b'mayim aliyotav. As it says, he. Um, Makes his uh, what's it called his aliyot his chamber his upper chamber in the waters. Okay. So he introduced the parsha as follows: Shir Hamalot, a song of ascent. Lule Hashem Shayalandu. If only if, if not for the fact that Hashem was with us, Yomarna Yisrael, uh, these Jewish people would say, Lule Hashem Shayalandu Bekum Aleinu Adam. Um, it says uh, that Hashem was with us when a person rose up against us. Okay, so it's B'nai Israel thanking Hashem for protecting us when a person rose up against us. The Gemara points out, Adam velo melech, it's specifically a man, not a king. And what circumstances do we have to suffer under a man, meaning a regular man and not a king? That is in the time of the Megillah and Haman. Uh, he introduced it with Birvot Tzadikim Yismach with lots of uh, righteous people, the nation will be happy. Uvim Shol Rasha Ye'enach Am, and with the uh, rule of the wicked, the nation will sigh. Birvot Tzadikim Yismach Am Zeh Mordechai Ve'Ester. This refers to Mordechai and Esther. Dichtiv Ba'ir Shushan Sala Ve'Samecha. That says that the city of Shushan rejoiced and was happy. Uvim Shol Rasha Ye'enach Am Zeh Haman. Uh, the, the, with the rule of the wicked, a nation will sigh. That's Haman Dichtiv Ve'Ha'ir Shushan Navocha. That the city of Shushan was. Navoch, maybe that's like the Mordechai Nevuchim, perplexed, right? Like Mordechai Nevuchim, something like that. Rav Matna Amar Mehacha. So now you see a little bit of change in the style. Rav Matna says from here. So this is sort of like a, here's a Pasuk to introduce the Megillah, but it's not giving us the whole long introduction anymore. Kimi goi gadol shalo Elohim krovim elav. Which is a great nation that has a God connect uh, so close to him? I mean, that's a reference to B'nai Yisrael. Rav Ashi, um, so that I guess is a, a reference to uh, the Megillah story, right? That oh, how much we were able to witness and the miracles of Hashem. Ravashi said from here, this is a good pasuk where it says, "Ohanisa Elokim Begomer," or has God sort of uh, um, like I don't say tested, or sort of like been willing to try out this experiment, sort of to uh, to take a nation from another, you know, to, to make a special nation. So that's the idea again that uh, Hashem saves the Jewish people who were. Uh, I guess among the Persians, and Hashem sort of singled us out and helped us. Okay, now we will start the actual analysis of the Megillah. So it was in the days of Achashverosh. Amarav, well, Rav said, we'll analyze the word Vayhi. Vai Vihi. Okay, Vai Vihi. Vai is like, whoa, like, oh, terrible thing, and He is like mourning. Okay, Hadad Yechtiv, this is what it means in the passage. You'll be sold there to your enemies as uh, servants and maidservants. Okay, that's the woe, that's the terrible stuff going on. Ushmuel Amar and Shmuel said, 
לא מאסתים ולא גאלתים לכלותם. He will not uh, find you, uh, reject, will not reject you, or not find you disgusting to destroy you. לא מאסתים בימייבנים. So לא מאסתים means Hashem hasn't found you, uh, hasn't rejected you or in the days of the Greeks. So he saved us in that time. Lo ge'altim, he hasn't found you disgusting, b'mei nebuchadnezzar. Lechalotam, to destroy you, b'mei haman. Okay, so it's all in times of haman. Lahafer b'ti, that's the next part of the Pesach, to, to uh, reject the, uh, to annul the Brit, right, to break the Brit, to break the covenant. Itam, with them, that's b'mei parsiyim. That's with the Persians. Okay. Ki ani Hashem alokechem, for I am Hashem your God, b'mei gogu magog. Again, Gog and Magog is sort of like the uh, apocalypse. Okay. Bimatnidatana, Utah in a bright Loma Astim, that's Bimei Kasdim in the times of the Babylonians. Shemaliti Lahem Daniel Chananyam Mishael Vazariah. So here it's going to identify sort of the people that helped us through, that Hashem sort of had the certain people in place to help us in this particular situation. Be'astim again is like to find uh, disgusting or to reject. Okay. Um, so that's in the time of the Kasdim, which is the Babylonians. The Kasdians are the Babylonians. But I gave you Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Lo ge'altim. I haven't found you disgusting. Bimei yevanim. Shemati lahem shimon ha-tzadik. V'chashmonai, u'banab, u'matidyaka, u'an gadol. Okay, so you have all those figures. V'chalotam. Uh, to destroy them. Bimei haman. In the times of haman. Shemati lahem mardachai ve'ester. Gave you mardachai ve'ester. L'hafer b'di'itam. Bimei. Now here it says Parsim, but there's another version that says Romim. In the time of the Romans. Okay, um, so he gave us a Rebbe the Nasi and the in the sages. So it's actually interesting. There you see that there the challenge seems to be more of a spiritual nature, right? That Rebbe and the Chachamim maintained Torah, the teaching of Torah. It's not so much a physical salvation because there wasn't much of a physical salvation. That will be for the future. That no nation or language will be able to rule over them, at least not for all time. Okay. Rabbi Levi, Amar Rabbi Levi says from here, here's another introduction to the Megillah. If you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, the idea is that if there's a punishment coming, if you're not willing to drive the people out of the land, then it's going to come back to haunt you. And uh, I think the idea there is that uh, Shaul failed to destroy Amalek, and then uh, that comes back to bite us, because Haman, the descendant of Amalek, comes back to get us. Rabbi Chia Amar Mihacha, Rabbi Chia said from this passage, damiti lahem es And it will be that what I imagined or sort of uh, thought about doing to them, I will actually do. Okay? So that's, uh, that's the idea. That uh, Hashem sort of said, if you guys don't listen, this is the things that are going to happen to you. So this is what happened. Okay. Even though Hashem saved us in the end. Okay, now we'll continue with the word we said by he, bimei achashverosh. So what's achashverosh? Amar Rav, Rav said, achiv shel rosh, uben gilo shel rosh. He's the brother of the head. Okay, and also ben gilo literally means, I think, like... Um, a person of the same age. If you look at Rashi on the top left, on the second line, it says, Ben Gilo, Ben Mazalo. Like if you're the same age as someone, so you have the same, um, what do you call it? Uh, astrological sign. And that seems to give an indication of your temperament. Right? So you're like, oh, that person is a, I don't know what you call it, I don't know. Pisces. Pisces. Oh, what a pi- classic Pisces or classic Capricorn or whatever. I don't know, whatever. Okay, so what does it mean? Who? Uh, harag. 
one uh, killed. Now, I think we're talking here about the, uh, the Rosh. We're talking about Nebuchadnezzar. Okay? So he killed. Oh, I, you, I think I lost the place here. I apologize. I skipped a line. Kilo, ben Kilo Shavrosh. Achiv Shavrosh. What does it mean, brother of the head? Achiv Shavrosh. Harasha. Shenikra Rosh. It's the brother of Anibuchadnezzar. As it said, he's called the Rosh. And then it says, Antu Resha Didahava. You are the head of gold. Okay, that's in Daniel. Ben Gilo Shalrosh, this person of the same temperament of the Rosh, who harag, that Nebuchadnezzar killed the Jews, who became the harag, he Haman sought to kill the Jews, who hachriv, he destroyed, who became the hachriv, he wanted, he sought to destroy. Shnei says, Uvmachut achashverosh b'tchilat machuto katvu sitna ayushvei do. I apologize, it's not Ahman, we're talking about achashverosh here. Uh, that's why it says achashverosh, right? smart. Um, <laughs> they wrote like this uh, angry letter, like this accusation against those who uh, lived in Yehuda and Yerushalayim. So you see, Achashverosh was trying to destroy the settlement. That was like when the, when the Jews were trying to uh, rebuild in Yerushalayim, rebuild the Beit HaMikdash, and there was a point where they had to stop. Okay. Ushmuel Amar. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you want to talk about the historical accuracy of which Achashverosh, blah, 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 that's a whole different conversation. But for our purposes right now, it's a great question. But for our purposes right now, the Gemara is assuming that the Achashverosh referred to uh, there, or at least there is talking about our Achashverosh. Was that technically totally accurate? That's a fair, that's always that's an interesting discussion. I mean, it is a gadata. How do you understand a gadata? So a gadata, I think gadata we should... It's midrash. It's interpretation of the psukim. Is this literal... I mean, if you're telling you literally something happened, so it's all based on the reality of the psukim that's telling us and the basic historical reality. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's a level of interpretation. So is it, if you take it a simple shot level, so sometimes the answer is yes, actually. Sometimes, most of the time, the answer might be no. I mean, like, is there specific, like, those words specifically referring to these particular things? Is that what the Navi had in mind when he wrote those words? Uh, you know, he can speculate as much as the next guy. But in terms of, like, the Gemara's attempt to sort of, like, find, you know, to find meaning in the words, I guess I would compare it to, let's say, you know, you find a pasuk that you find to be particularly meaningful, and you use it to talk about, you know, your brother at his offer for something. Right? So, oh, so this pasuk, I think, refers to my brother Josh. You know, and Josh is a great guy. As the Pusuk says, you know, uh, you know, Ashrei Hayish, Ashrei, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that, that's referring, that Pusuk is about my brother Josh. And you're like, wow, really? Like, that's blasphemy. That's not true. Like, there's no way that that Pusuk was about your brother. It is about your brother, but it is about your brother, right? So that's, that's, I think many times that's what Midrash is doing. There's nothing wrong with that, right? It's like, that's a, that's a way like to read into the Pusuk, you know? We learn a nice lesson from Ushmuel Amar. Shmuel goes on to say, "Shehushcharu." I lost my place. Sorry. Uh, here we go. Shehushcharu pnehem shal Yisrael biyamav that bnei Yisrael it's achashverosh that bnei Yisrael's faces became blackened kishulek deirah like the bottom of a pot. That usually indicates like suffering and poverty. Okay, it's usually the idea the black face. Okay. For Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says, "Kol shezochro omer ach lerosho." Anybody who remembers Achashverosh will say, Ach, to his head. Like, it's, ah, terrible, ay. Like, it's like, woe upon his head. 
Okay, so that's like the, that, that's a word. Everyone became a rash, uh, which means a poor person. The king placed a tax. So you see, Achashverosh, taxes, people became poor. Yes, you like it, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Right? Okay. Uh, okay. Who Achashverosh? The Buddha says, he was Achashverosh. When it says who, he is, so the interpretation is as follows. Who birisho mitchilato v'atsafo. So here is a certain uh, style of midrash to take um, characters and understand them to be purely who they are. That's what it says here. Who Achashverosh? He is Achashverosh from the beginning. He's the same evilness from his beginning to his end. He's purely evil, basically. Okay, let me give a few other examples. Who Esav? Right, he is Esav, meaning who He remains in his evil nature from beginning to end. Who Datan Babiram? Datan Avram also Hain Birisham Mitzchilatam Vasafan. Who Amalachachaz? Who Birisho Mitzchilatov Vasafo? Okay, so it works. The word who is indicating he is who he is through and through. That's the idea. On the on the, on the opposite way, but in a similar method, Avram who Avraham. So Avram is Avraham, that's his Nebuchadnezzar, who bitzit ko mitchilato batzavo. He's in his righteousness from beginning to end. Who Aharon and Moshe, uh, that's Aaron and Moshe. Hein bitzit kan mitchilatam batzavan. They're also in their righteousness from beginning to end. Bidavid, who hakatan. David, he was the small one, the young one. Who bekatnuto, he was in his smallness, meaning I think his modesty. Mitchilato batzavo. Keshem she bekatnuto hiktinat smo. Etzel mishagadam in Torah. Just as in his younger years, he made himself small. Compared to somebody who is greater than him in Torah, so too in his uh, kingdom, he made himself small compared to someone who had who was greater than him in wisdom. I Meaning, David was always willing to look at somebody uh, who was greater than him and appreciate them for who they were and himself for who he was, and not to get too caught up in his position. Okay, the next word in the Megillah is Hamolech, right? Who Hamolech? He who ruled. That he ruled on his own, meaning he didn't uh, inherit the throne by himself. He sort of like took it over. Some say this is a positive thing, a praiseworthy thing, and some say it's a negative thing. Some say it was a praise because there's no one else worthy for the kingdom than he. That's worthy as he was for the kingdom. Meaning, okay, so normally you just inherit the throne from your father. It doesn't make a difference how worthy you are. You just get it. You just take it. He like took it. Meaning, he was somebody like okay. He really deserved the throne. That's one way of looking at. For and some say it's for negative. He wasn't suitable for the kingdom at all. Uh, but he sort of gave out lots of money, so he was able to sort of take over the throne. Right? That's how it works a lot of times. Right? You don't have to be worthy, but if you make people happy, you make the ruler happy, you make the people happy with money, then you can essentially, if it's not direct bribe, at least it's no indirect. Okay, Vikam, uh, and he rose to the power. Mehodu viad kush, the Pazik says, right, from Hodu to Kush, right? Rabbi Shmuel Chad Amar Hodu Besof Olam Bekush Besof Olam. Rabbi Shmuel argued about this. One of them said the Hodu is on one end of the world, and Kush is at the other end of the world. The Chad Amar Hodu Bekush Gabi Hadadi Habukan. Meaning one says Hodu and Kush are at the same place. Kishem Shemalach Al Hodu Bekush Kach Malach Besof Olam Batsavos. So just as he ruled over Hodu and Kush, so he also ruled over the whole world. Okay, so that's a different machloka. How you understand it? Kayose Badavar, a similar thing. Ata Omer says in Sefer Melachim, Kihu Rode Bechol Ever Hanahar Mitivsach Beadaza. He sort of uh, ruled over the whole Ever uh, Hanahar, the place uh, across the river. 
This is a Shlomo Melech we're talking about. Mitifsach be'adazah, from Tifsach to Azah. So again, Rabbi Shmuel, Chadamar Tifsach be'sof ha'olam be'azah be'sof ha'olam. So Tifsach is on this side, and Azah is on this side. Um, one said that they were together. So same idea. Just as he ruled over Tifzach and Azaz, he ruled over the entire world. Okay, then it says Sheva Bisr Mea Medina. It says the whole right Mehodibakush, seven and twenty and a hundred uh they call Medina states, something like that, provinces. Amar of Khista Bitchila Malach al Sheva, Ubasov Malach al Astrim, Ubasov Malach al Mea. So Sheva's Bisri Mea shows like the Progression that he originally ruled over seven, then a hundred, then twenty, then a hundred. Elamayat. Now, if that's true, when it says Ushnei Chaye Amram Sheva Ushujimia Shana, he was Amram lived. Amram father, uh, Moshe's father, um, lived seven and thirty and a hundred years. My Darash the base. So, what's the drush you're going to give about that? Right. It's actually, by the way, there is a drush about this when it comes to Saran Chaye Sar. Right. Seven twenty hundred. I mean, she was seven. She was as beautiful as she was twenty. Right, and when yeah. she was twenty, all right, right. Why is it true? When she's a hundred, right, right. All those different things, right. So, um, so what's the drasha here about Amram? So Gemara says, Shani hacha dekrayeterahu. He says, no, don't worry about making the drasha by Amram because I guess they don't have anything. But here it's different because there's an extra pasuk. Why? Let's see. It's written mehodu v'ad kush. It already says that he ruled from hodu to kush. Why do you have to point out 127 provinces? So it tells me come to teach us. That must be for a drasha. Okay. Now we continue. Tana Rabbanam. We learn in the Brayta Shlosha Machu Ve'edohen. Three people ruled in the kippah. The kippah means the dome. Okay, and that's the way we refer to the world. I mean, the whole world is referred to as a dome. Again, even in ancient understandings, they knew that uh, they could tell that the, um, the way the world looked, it looked something was curved, right? They could see it's not all straight, but they didn't know the earth was curved. They just thought the sky was curved, right? And that's what, how they, they so imagine we lived in one big snow globe, basically, is what they imagined that we lived in. Okay? Um, so, yeah, it's a nice, I mean, it's not bad, right? I mean, did you guys ever see the movie uh, Treatment Show? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like that. So that'd be like what they mentioned. That's like a way of thinking about the ancient world's conception. Okay, so Elohim uh, here, the three people: Achav, Achashverosh, Nebuchadnezzar. Achav, who is a king of Judah, dictated: "Chei Hashem Elokecha im Yeshgoi Omamlacha Asher Shalach Adoni Sham Levakshacha." Like uh, I swear by God, is there a nation in the world that hasn't sent someone to seek you out? Meaning, everyone's everyone's beholden to you, basically. Uh, and he goes on, oh, sorry, the end of that passage there is he, he's like, he forces them to take oaths. So he says, if not that he uh, ruled over them, how can he make them take an oath? Okay, it's a fair question. And it says, and it will be that a nation or a uh, kingdom that doesn't put its neck in the yoke of the king of Babel, all these bad things will happen to them, right? So the point is, again, the has the ability that, again, any nation, any kingdom. And finally, Achashverosh, the Amar, Achashverosh, is the case that we just said, um, of ruling over the 127 Midinot and the Misof uh, HaOlam, the